0: This episode is brought to you by Kalani Sports. Kalani Sports is a proud Canadian-owned organization providing the sporting goods and premium insulated coolers and drinkware. You can receive 10% off your cooler by ordering online and entering the promo code 2DADSATW. Again, 2DADSATW for 10% off your purchase. We hope you enjoy this episode. Two Dads Against the World, where we take on the funny world we live in, one diaper change, one soccer practice, one homework assignment at a time. Join us as we chat about everything from raising kids, facing the challenges of everyday life, and whatever we enjoy and makes us laugh. Yes, we will rant, and we will laugh, and maybe we will eventually learn something, but no guarantees. Scotty, how you doing? Regretting this already. I know.
1: <laughs>
0: I know An it's enormous one of those weeks-
1: anxiety. Just feeling Why? overwhelmed.
0: You okay there, buddy?
1: I feel like we can talk about
0: this. Okay, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Hey, like good news. This. It's just not just you and me today. No, not just one more guest. No, we've got there's a couple others. There's
1: all these people. A lot of homely looking sons of the bitches on the screen right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. No makeup, nothing. I don't even no know. No They don't have deodorant. Brian, I don't know. Brian
1: Rice is back with us, which is awesome. awesome.
0: Welcome, Brian Rice. Some of you might know him from a couple episodes ago uh veteran Bar- brian rice from three raven bushcraft uh former air force former military uh air force firefighter this all-round badass uh, good guy <laughs> <laughs> thank you all-round <laughs> badass oh i didn't say that and we're also joined today by sean dr bradford a registered psychologist and uh friend of the show maybe i don't know how to say that maybe He's we really a good guy. had to
1: pay him to come here okay
0: yeah <laughs> he happens to know sean as a family member i'm sorry sean yeah no I'm problem. i'm sorry that
1: yeah it's, uh, it's it's barford by the way
0: barford i've, I've been saying it wrong for that long
1: yeah. oh yeah. yeah you got the doctor part right so that's yeah, exactly it's okay you got the doctor part right and <laughs> well, we spent like 14 years of his life okay
0: and moving on from dr brad bradford barford <laughs> Let me respell that on my paperwork. Barford. I'm sorry, Bur- sorry, Sean.
1: It's a popular name somewhere in Europe. It's I'm okay. Sure. It's okay. <laughs> You've only known him for like 20 years. It's all 20 crazy. years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. But <laughs> and how many? Uh, whatever. I'm moving on. He's uh, just keeping shit
1: real for us, making sure that you know fact check.
0: Yeah, we don't have to go on the computer today to fact mm-hmm. check, but watch me go on there anyways.
1: He's making sure that I brought the proper bourbon. bourbon. Yeah. He brought the hey, proper cigars. At least I could even well, bring the proper bourbon.
0: That is fantastic. And uh, joining us, last but not least, is Big Smoke listener Richard.
2: Yes, He's we saved the best for last. best for last.
0: Yes. Welcome, gentlemen, to the show. Big Smoke, I love your name, by the way. I love it. Big I Smoke love is I yeah, one of our... Yeah, uh, gotta smoke that meat. Yeah, Richard's one of our avid listeners, so welcome to the show. Uh, Richard,
2: thanks for having me today. Uh,
0: thank you. Um, so this month is November. We're, that's when we're, we are recording this, and it's also also known as Movember to some, where you get the mustache, you know, formally uh, for raising money for research of prostate cancer. But it's kind of evolved to almost men's health as an initiative for men's health. Yeah. And so today we thought we'd just have a conversation about. Those sorts of things, mental health, men's health, you know, just how to how to live as guys. And we've had a lot of people asking us about uh, just different things like, you know, different tips we, we want to um, live day to day by, just easy stuff. But today we got advantage of having a great crew here to just talk about regular stuff. Um, we've all been through crap. We've all been through garbage and we've all felt like garbage. And sometimes you get stuck and sometimes you need to talk about it. And maybe this show will help you, and maybe not. Hopefully, you'll laugh, and maybe you'll learn something. But let's get into it. Um, Brian, I'm yeah. going to start with you. I'm going to ask you, you, you were part of the Air Force firefighting uh, on one of the boats. You can listen to our podcast, and you can describe a little bit more now. But if you want more information about Brian and the bush, bushcraft and everything, he brings to the table. Listen to that episode, episode seven, I believe. Um, But you were part of a special um, group there inside of the Air Force. What was it?
3: So, yeah, we were called Sentinels. And uh, basically what we were is just peer support. And uh, the biggest thing was being able to reach out to somebody you work with uh, and hopefully you trust. Uh, Being in the the fire trade, you should be able to trust the guys uh, next next to you. But uh, um, so basically what would happen is if somebody was having a bad day, or if we had a bad call, uh, they'd come to me, and then I'd be able to point them in the right direction. So, uh, you know, it wasn't just mental health. Uh, sometimes, I mean, a majority of it was, but uh, it could have been everything from, um, hey, I missed my car payment, and I'm financially a wreck, to uh, uh, I'm, you know, a raging alcoholic, or, uh, you know, I, I just, I can't sleep at night, and I don't know what's going on. And, um, right. and so basically, it was just, I was the first point of contact, And then hopefully we'd get them in the right direction, get them help.
0: Interesting. So was that, did you find a lot of the members that you were working with, um, was it like a small portion? Or did you find that it was a wider range of uh, people needing that help from time to time?
3: Well, so when it started out, everybody, nobody wanted to, to reach out. Nobody wanted to talk about it. Uh, because you know, we're all alpha males and we're all tough guys and we're all firefighters. And, uh, so as soon as you said that you had a, a mental health issue, uh, then it would turn into like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not useful anymore. I'm not going to be a good firefighter. They're going to sit me at their desk and I'm, I'm not going to be able to do my job. And that was the biggest thing is, is to try to get over that hump and that stigma of, of going to get help. Um, and it's funny because when I started in the fire trade, if you had a bad call, you just go back to the fire hall and you'd be like, oh, that sucked. And then as time went on, they started to realize like, hey, we need to really talk about these calls after um, and hopefully get some of that out and leave it at that moment, you know. Um, and then uh, we were able to uh, come up with the Sentinel program. Uh, it's a program called Road to Mental Health or Road to Mental Readiness. And um, we developed it for the, the Canadian uh, Air Force firefighters, and then uh it actually ended up getting bought by other fire halls, so Calgary uses it and some other ones uh, in Ontario use it as well um, and it's it's a good program because basically you're just talking to your buddy uh, or or somebody you work with and and they're able to then put you in the right direction and say, "Hey look let's get you to mental health or let's get you to to financial aid or or whatever and and you know take some of this stress away so how did how did that um
0: How do you move from guys being alone, not wanting to do the uh, talking about the problems? Because honestly, I think most guys are like that in some ways, Mm -hmm. you know, not just firefighters, not just the alpha males. I think there's this sense of uh, maybe pressure that we put on ourselves, maybe pressure that we feel from, you know, maybe our loved ones, maybe our work, who knows. But there seems to be a pressure on a lot of guys like, you know what, don't screw up, don't mess up. And if you mess up a little bit, well, suck it up and just keep going. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just got to keep going. But how do you move a guy from not being able to talk about anything because they don't want to – it's not just I don't want to be perceived as uh, being inadequate. It's more like I don't think I'm allowed to be vulnerable. There's Sometimes I think there's a bit of a difference there. Um how, tell tell me how that that changed in the firefighter how do you go from like i don't really want to talk to it's okay to talk
3: i think the biggest thing for me is is i used humor and i uh, i brought the guys together at the dinner table and i said to him i'm like look if we we're in the fire scene and you twisted your ankle uh you would try to you, you would let me know within 15 seconds of twisting your ankle because you'd want to get off work somehow right um but if uh if you have a bad day you won't you won't say shit and so uh was kind of opening that up and then telling them like look um my door's always open and it's between me and you and this isn't going to go up to the fire chief this isn't going to go you know to the captain or anybody else this is just going to be between me and you and we'll, we'll get this figured out and it, the biggest thing was trust and the other thing that really helped me out is the other guy that i had with me that was on my my team was a guy that nobody liked he was a real asshole and so nobody wanted to go to that guy and tell him that there's issues, right? <laughs> and so everybody came to me. So it it started off with just some guys from my crew, um, which was to be expected. And then it ended up being guys from every crew, you know, on my days hmm. off or whatever, coming to me and saying, hey, look, I got an issue. What do we do?
0: Okay, so that trust. So the trust, let me just, let me guess here. So the trust was there was a place, a known place, which was you at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they knew that if they come to you, that's kind of where it stopped, and and then, but trust is kind of two ways. How did you build trust with those guys? Like, they're coming to you; they're learning trust. How did you? How How does a guy know where to trust?
3: I think I think probably the the first thing is it's just we all have that that feeling in us, like, uh, you know, I can talk to this guy um, and he'll listen, and if I talk to that guy, um, he's he's just not he's not there right he's he's already preoccupied with everything else so I think um that was part of it part of it too uh you know I was a sergeant and and so I was a, a higher rank and therefore uh you know I was the guy that you looked up to is you know well the sergeant must know he's been here longer than everybody else kind of thing <laughs> right you know so sometimes that you know plays a part in it I but I, I think really honestly um you know, trust is, is one of those things that, uh, is only earned. And, and, uh, so you, you can't just get it because you're, uh, you're that guy, you're the guy that you're supposed to go to. I mean, uh, I know where I currently work, we have tons of peer support people and, and we have tons of people that never get talked to, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Cause that, that, that trust, that, that, uh, sixth sense almost of where to go to, you kind of know,
3: yeah. I mean if you're if you're a bit of an asshole when, when you're uh you're talking to people, then uh that's just gonna rub everybody the wrong way and, and nobody's gonna approach you with anything. But if you're able to to just talk and be normal and, and especially in the military, that was one thing that, you know, uh it was lacking is, is those those people skills, as you can rightly imagine. You know, if you've you've met some hardcore infantry guys, um, you know, they're using acronyms you've never heard of. They're talking about about hardcore things that you don't care about. And, uh, you know, they're talking about tactical stuff that you're like, yeah, that's that's cool. Um, I'm going to go away now, you know.
0: Right. Do you think, though, that maybe, I don't know, is that something um, they almost shield themselves by, like, kind of maybe a facade by over-talking about those sorts of things? Is that something that you've come across? Maybe, you know, Richard, Sean... (laughs) <laughs> if you guys want to, like i don't know yeah yeah what was the question eldon well you know uh, brian was talking about it's sometimes it's hard with you know dealing with other guys that are just like over um, over bravado uh maybe talking about uh, over the top kind of conversations is that something that is that their way of hiding is that is that what we see is that what we do as humans
4: uh, yeah, I mean, just from my perspective as a psychologist, I mean, I work with all kinds of different people. In my work, I work with uh, a lot of first responders through different um, different contracts I have. I work with university students, just kind of normal people off the street. So we all kind of develop our own uh, defense mechanisms, I guess, ways of trying to protect ourselves and from, um, you know, showing other people who we really are, because I think there's a fear everybody has about feeling exposed or not feeling accepted, and that could come from our family or from different relationships we've had or different people that we've interacted throughout our lives. (coughs) So um, yeah, I I think that's definitely a bit of a, you know, that's an exterior thing, but underneath, we're all people, we all have similar needs in terms of connectiveness and you know feeling you know feeling like we can express ourselves and I think what everybody really wants is to feel like people understand who we really are underneath but it's just kind of working through that fear about who we can talk to about letting down our guard um, and I think Brian has some good points about how other people can pick up on that and respond to that you know and and so we do I, I think have a, a bit of a sixth sense about who we can trust um, just by you know our, our, our actions or um, even just, you know, trying to be trying, good people, asking other people questions, um, showing an interest in their lives, talking about our own lives and our own struggles. From my experience, that's probably the best way of connecting with other people rather than just trying to ask them things. Um, really trying, you know, using our own stories as a way of, um, you know, breaking down walls and barriers. So I think that's, that's one thing I do a lot with my clients when I can. I mean, there's certain there's some kinds of work I do that I I can't do that as much, but I always use personal
2: examples, common ground, common ground.
4: uh, You know, I I always, before I interview clients and I mean, we talk about really difficult stuff. You know, I talk to people, um, you know, within half an hour of meeting them, sometimes I'm asking them about whether they've you know, thought about hurting themselves or about, you know, their relationship with partners, that that kind of stuff, which you normally wouldn't talk to somebody else about. Right. Um, so before I, I get into interviews or or talking to people I always try to find a way of relating um, whether it's you know just discussing interests I have um, you know maybe little stories about my family things like that like really impersonal things but just everyday things you know my son's in kindergarten I you know I know you have kids you know like how's that going I know school's tough right now with COVID like how's your family dealing with that? And I think if we can use those examples, if we can use personal stories, if we can ask questions, I think that that kind of helps break down some walls. Um, and then, you know, um, and, and then just listening is, is obviously the most important thing.
0: Right. That's yeah. Richard's like, dang, dang, see I get the privilege of seeing this. You guys just listening to this. i not those are listening to the podcast, Richard, what's resonating with you? Like what's, I see something resonating. I agree
2: with, I agree with, everything, with everything, everything Sean and Sean Brian have said, especially, especially in the industry and where, where I work. work. Everything, I everyone's, everyone's over the top. top. Everyone's yeah. all about hiding everything because I'm a big macho oil field man, and nothing can hurt me. And from personally I have size
1: for... eleven boots. <laughs> 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 I mean, personally
2: for me, like uh, I've been in this industry for sixteen years, and that entire time I've worked away from home um, during some incredibly tough times, and. It takes a toll. I mean, up to three years ago, I, I probably would have never been a part of a discussion like this, but I've changed a lot of things in my life. Uh, seeing a psychologist pretty much talking about everything that I'm open to any kind of a discussion just to help people out. It helps me just being able to know I can, you know, mention things to people and have a good discussion. And yeah, I agree with everything there. I, it's super important.
0: Okay. Just uh, apologize for any sound issues we might have had. We might have technical difficulties there. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I I think the the, the bravado, the, the the hiding. I don't know. I sometimes I wonder. Those is it? Is it almost a matter of being stuck? Like you might be, you might have the the, the facade. You might have the the shield, the defense. But uh, sometimes I I've talked to some guys where. There's something really going on there, but they really don't know how to take that next step. It's not maybe not knowing, maybe it's, they don't have somebody they feel they can trust. Yeah, man, maybe they God, don't God, even I'm know totally how to there.
1: quantify. I totally, I totally relate to that. Michelle and I were having this conversation right before the podcast because I was telling her about like what we're talking about, what we're gonna go through, and she was like, "Well, shit, I hope you learned something." You know, cause, <laughs> because I, I hide stuff better than most people, like. Man, like there's and, and, and the problem with the problem with holding on to stuff, the problem with burying stuff, the problem with not talking to someone, hanging out with dudes, you know, being sociable, being open is that you bottle that up and you break. Eventually you snap. And sometimes you snap in front of the wrong person. Sometimes it's your fucking kids. Sometimes it's your wife. Sometimes it's your boss. Shit, this week I almost told my boss go fuck yourself. Because it was just like, was just oh, like, you oh, just you triggered, triggered me. me. <laughs> that was my trick just yeah, you called me short. No, no, I'm just, I'm just but I'm just saying, I'm like, saying. Like, like it's it's not, not a, it's a not a great thing experience. to do and and uh, you know I, I'm still you know I'm, I'm fortunate and blessed to have Sean so close to me where you know I've got someone that can actually, you know listen most people don't have that and that's the problem problem. most people don't give a shit about other people you know i've got close friends around me i've got some family maybe i don't use them to the best of their resources that they are close to me like yourself and stuff like that and you know I i don't share a lot but sometimes it's like uh you know it needs to be done right and and guys need to be know that hey you know take down the guard let down the macho shit. Take it from me. It's not worth it. It's not going to get you anywhere. It's going to get you in some pain or it's going to get you in trouble. Right? That's the right. biggest thing. Every time I've ever let shit bottle up and then all of a sudden the, the branch fucking breaks, which it always does. You hang on that thing for long enough and you keep swaying around those feelings and that shit and that heaviness, eventually the branch breaks and you fall. And you'll fall hard. And then a lesson gets learned and blah, blah, blah. But if you don't learn, you know. We're gonna repeat the same thing over and over again. And that's where that's where a lot of abuse comes from. That's where a lot of, you know, bad shit comes from. Right? So yeah, that's that's the thing. I like what I've heard so far. This has been great.
0: Well that's this is quick a great cigar, f- by the way. This is a fucking <laughs> fantastic. Really good, cigar. good job. Yeah.
1: Like, I am yeah. smoking the shit out of this thing. I could this is good for my mental health right now.
4: I could mention <laughs> one one thing that I think is important um, to also consider is that um, you know, I, I, I sit every day and listen to people talk about really difficult stuff. And, you know, I, I, I really learned from doing this work um, that everybody has really, you know, difficult stuff happening in their life. Um, you know, when I talk to people now, if, if I, I, you know, because I ask about things like depression and anxiety and suicidal ideation and um, trauma and stuff like that. If, if somebody tells me that they've never had a single thought about hurting themselves in their life i'm actually actually surprised you know it's actually a bit of a shock to me i mean i know i'm working in a kind of a vacuum with a certain population of people but even with that like i do a lot of work doing educational assessments for students and so they're not coming in a lot of them are not coming in because of mental health they're, beca- they're coming in because i need more time on an exam or something innocuous like that so and even them if i ask them have you ever had thoughts about harming yourself yeah i mean i've had those thoughts if i have you ever been depressed for weeks at a time or months at a time. Yeah, I've been depressed for months at a time. Or yes, I've had, you know, if I look at some of the intake forms we we use and someone's not had a trauma in their life, I'm actually like, oh, wow, that's surprising. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that's really important to keep in mind when you meet people is that people have probably experienced all kinds of things that they may never tell you, but it's there, you know, and when you talk about things like triggers, you know, that's an interesting word because um, triggers implies that you're reacting to something that has happened in your life at some point right in that moment right so you know a trigger really implies that maybe your boss or your partner says something to you that uh, sets you off but it's a lot of the time it's not even what they said it's something from your past that's being brought up and that's the whole idea of you know that's what therapy is about it's about learning about those triggers learning why you have them everybody's triggers are different right so we Mm -hmm. all react to different things and so Fuchsia. fuchsia is a color not a trigger
1: it's a total trigger
4: for me. me. <laughs> well, I, I thought I heard it all, but that's a new one. <laughs> something, I don't know. We'll dig into this later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we will. Maybe we won't. But, uh, but uh, you know, I, I think those are important things to keep in mind. And you don't have to go to therapy and sit down and pay $200 an hour to try to figure out why certain things set you off. But I think it is important to try to think about those things critically and analyze yourself in the way that you look at other people sometimes like we can be very judgmental about why the people react certain ways or why why is that guy you know a jerk about that thing or I just said something little why is he you know blowing up about that and it's like well you do the same thing right your triggers might be different and you might think that's silly but I can guarantee you have other things in your life that bother you the same way right and again men tend to not spend the time I think Sitting down and evaluating themselves, I think women some can be a bit better at that because they are a bit more. They're often more social, right, and they spend more time talking these th- things through in a, in a more critical sense. So, um, so I think that's something to keep in mind, especially as men. Um, uh, you
0: know, I've been I've been talking to a lot of guys lately. Um, well, I've, there's a group of guys I meet with every couple of weeks, and one of the things that we started off was we didn't want to do anything when we met that was prescribed where we had to, you know, we're going to talk about a certain subject and this is the only thing we're going to talk about. And um, what we wanted was a genuine conversation and the ability to just let the conversation flow without having to set, to use a set number of questions. And what was interesting about that, and that's not in a, in a, of itself that important, but in terms of like this meeting, but it kind of, when I was sitting in that meeting and it, came out that almost every one of those guys didn't want to be part of some sort of prescribed conversation. There's um, a sense of a need of a genuine connection with guys. a, a, a sense of um, it's okay to be who we are. It's okay to be a guy. Cause I, I there, I'm seeing a lot of pressure from, you know, mainstream media, if you will, or maybe just our society has moved this way. But it's bad to be a guy in a lot of ways, and it's maybe subconscious. Maybe a lot of us guys were like, "Oh, that's stupid," but it's still present in some ways that I've talked to a lot of these guys, where they've self they beat themselves down because they should, maybe subconsciously. Um, like I was talking to a guy randomly uh, came by where I was working, uh, we got into a conversation about about uh, component of our building, and oddly, it ended up talking about. Um, his marriage and, and things that were going on. And it was a great conversation about a hard topic that was going on in his life. And when I was listening to him, um, there was a sense, and I've heard this from other guys too, is I tried really hard. I thought I was doing everything I should be doing, but it wasn't good enough. You can almost take those three uh, points and apply it to a lot of guys in a lot of different areas, where, where they're they, it's coming from a point of beating themselves up, and they feel bad about trying to do the right thing. But so I, I I'm just, this is something I'm obvi- uh, observing. I don't have a ex- expert uh, angle or advice on that, but I, I'm just wondering, like, there's got to be more guys like that, are just kind of in this self degraded I De- can't say the word often. Degregation. Um, sure. But, you know, we have to have the bravado to, you know, stand on our two feet. And not, you know, we can't show it.
1: I still got to Google no. bravado. I'm going to be right back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't. I'm not speaking very well. Bravado. Bravro. No, rock I, I can't even say Sean's last name. So, uh, Sean, Scott, you should just take it away. You, you lead this.
1: <laughs> I like Beer. <laughs> let's talk let's talk beer no but honestly that's really i don't even know what bravado is like what does that mean like is that what does that mean brian i, I forgot to google it oh
3: don't because i like to me. learn
1: new words like well, me I and the wrong lily guy. she's in she's in grade one right now we're learning together like i'm going back my vocabulary is now at 47 words Get for billy you madison over here. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> i am totally the adult billy madison without the really fucking awesome trans am do you remember the billy madison movie the trans movie. am and then no one thought that was cool what mm. a bunch of dicks that was like the nicest car ever it wasn't so cool because
2: he was like 40 years old and what grade nine no no, so no, Scott. no. it was high school he went <laughs> oh, to high sorry school. he started <laughs> yeah. in
1: kindergarten he started in kindergarten and when we when he hit high school he was like bam he got the Trans Am. He rolled up. Yeah, I would have done the same thing.
0: <laughs> okay, so today's gone. lesson, bravado. A bold manner or a show of boldness intended to impress or intimidate.
1: Ooh. I do that all the time, but nobody knows that In deep down inside, I'm a 12-year-old girl. I know. <laughs> Sean knows. I know, Scott. And no one else knows. And now, yeah, yeah I had you no know. clue. And now, and now all and now 35 of us know. And now I just opened up and told something about myself that no one else knew. Way to be vulnerable.
0: Way to go. Way to lead the pack. I appreciate that. It's a
3: trendsetter.
1: You know what? I was told, I was asked today, why do you coach soccer? And and I had to think about that for about 20 seconds. And it was because, I had to be completely honest, it's because my daughter told me to. Why did she tell you to? Somebody would have probably taken more time to think that through and be like, you know what, it's because I love it and I want to see these kids have so much fun and enjoy themselves. No, no, it's because my daughter told me to. I'd rather be sitting up in the stands with you guys, drinking a fucking latte, enjoying myself, watching the kids go jeering every three seconds when I'm paying attention to the game and not on my iPhone. But I digress. Yeah,
2: but there's nothing wrong with that, though. you got kids, you got other responsibilities, right? Yeah, your kids always come first. That's what parents always say. That's where, I'm like, I don't have kids, oh, my so I have. Don't a...
1: come first. No, no, they don't. Well, a lot of parents, first. a lot of parents say I that really, their kids really come try first. I really, my best. My wife says the kids come first. I don't do that. That is no. that is a bullshit thing. I don't recommend it to anyone. Make sure you make yourself a coffee first thing. Don't fuck around. They can eat when you have the energy and focus to feed them. Wait till you've had your coffee and then feed your children. That's the tip that's of the, the day. day. That's just the tip. I'm just saying- Brought to you by
0: Johnson's Wood Floors. Mm-hmm. Check them out on Facebook, Johnson's Wood Floors. Just the tip, hey. Scott. The thanks tip. for that. Just the tip. Well, you get yourself coffee first thing in the morning. Then the kids can have breakfast. Don't
1: feed your kids until you have looked after yourself first.
2: <laughs> that's true. I don't feed my dogs until
0: I've eaten. Honestly,
1: so. you look at everything in nature. Everything in nature. Do you see a Do you see a bear? Do you see a deer? Do you see a wolf? Do you see anybody eat? Like the, the mom or the dad do you see them eat stuff beforehand and some of them have to because they regurgitated or okay birds but they all make sure they check it all out they check yourself first before they wreck themselves okay and then they look after their kin okay survival of the fittest that's what I'm saying if my daughter can't wait 35 seconds or however fucking long it takes for a Keurig to make coffee for her goddamn cinnamon toast crunch, she can go back to room. Go back to bed. All I need is thirty-five seconds.
2: A Keurig, So you must, you must be out of that good coffee then.
1: I am out of the good coffee. Big <laughs> <laughs> smoke, bringing that rampage coffee to my table every, every time he's home. Oh my god, have you tried that shit?
3: There's still so much work to do. That is
1: stuff. a Viagra in a coffee. That is good stuff. <laughs>
0: So to, back to the bravado, uh, Richard.
1: Oh, I brought us off topic. See, that's why you do this fucking shit. I didn't in. even know what you were talking
4: about there for a minute. I was just
0: yeah. Like, he's got sometimes you just gotta let Scott go because you yeah. some gold that comes out of it. Sometimes it's, like a, it's like not gold; it's brown. And he's sit back and do
1: something.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's good. He changed
1: fury, bringing the best. Yeah. In this it's garage, bad. in minus ten. Propane fire pit going in the middle of the garage. Life is cool.
0: good. Good, good. Back to Richard. So, bravado, you're up in the oil field. You know, is there anything like that uh, that um, that Brian was doing with the with the peer support? Is that something that is even on the radar up there?
2: Uh, so the company I work for definitely provides stuff like that. You know, you get a hold of HR, tell them you're having an issue or something like that, or even you know, management is definitely on top of that stuff, but. Um, you know when it comes to people that I work with or coworkers, there's not a lot of that people are more interested in uh, just taking care of their own business and they would much rather come to work and be miserable um, the entire day rather than maybe deal with something that's uh, going on at home or whatever it is and so I uh, every Tuesday I always you know whenever we're ready to go home I say it's you know, it's who gives a fuck Tuesday. Let's get it all out, man. Let's all have a talk, because there's no point in taking this stuff home to your families. Like you don't wanna, you don't wanna take all this BS home to your family. Because that was my problem. I was taking it all home, and I wasn't dealing with my shit, and uh, it definitely, it definitely affects a person. So it's super important. I got that
1: by an old foreman I used to work with. He said, "If you're gonna fucking throw a wrench, you throw that fucking wrench here and not at home."
2: Yeah, yeah, because home is where you're supposed to be happy and peaceful, and everything's supposed to be good there, right? I mean, so um, you know, people's personal lives are complicated enough. You don't need to bring extra stuff into the household. Interesting, interesting.
0: Brian, you you with what you do and what you've done in the past, um, bringing stuff home that must be it's. Sometimes you can't avoid that. Um, sometimes the trauma that happens uh, out on the field it's it's life changing. Um, what do you, what do you do with you know? And we've had you know Sean alluded to it before. Like there's things that happen um, in people's lives that are truly traumatic. That are truly you know the triggers are not light triggers. Like oh no, fuchsia tr- triggers Scott <laughs> because I don't know maybe maybe a sweater episode or what. It's a straight shake. Not no words from Scott. <laughs> Just stop fucking talking about it. Just move on. Brian was going to discuss something actual serious. Stop talking about fucking fuchsia. Fuchsia doesn't
1: even know what it is. That's what bothers me about fuchsia. It doesn't even know what the fuck it is. Yeah, is it pink or is it purple? Just pick It doesn't one. know what it is. It's fuchsia. Fuchsia. No, I'm sorry, I, Scott. I, I, mean, I want to throw up in my mouth right now. Yeah, g- I'm sorry,
0: Scott. Drink a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Brian. So,
3: you know, you honestly,
1: know, the trauma's yeah. real.
3: Trauma happens. For sure. Um, and, and I, um, admittedly, I, I didn't deal with it at all. Um, so the one thing the military wasn't very good at was, um, after leaving combat, um, how to deal with that side of things. And so one of the things that, uh, they did was they would, uh, let the guys go on an R&R for, for 72 hours and drink their face off. Uh, that mm-hmm. was their, their way of dealing with it is just go until you're blackout, you know, just go hard until you pass out. And then that should be good enough, you know? And, uh, and then guys are coming home and, uh, having huge issues and dumping it on their wife and kids. And, um, you know, the military was like, geez, I don't know what's going on here. You know? And it's like, well, (laughs) (laughs) what's going on is that you're not dealing with it. You know? Um, you've, you've hoped that alcohol would, would take away the, you know, the, uh, the trauma or the problem. And, uh, and so it wasn't until, you know, just before I was leaving that they started to really come up with a plan and say, Hey, look, this is what, um, you know, first responders do out on Civvy street. Maybe we should look at doing those kind of things too. And, um, and probably one of the biggest things, um, about it was just, um, knowing that there wasn't a repercussion if you came forward and talked about it, as opposed to if you bottled it up and you you know, you drank a bottle of Jack daniel's every night and you kicked the shit out of the dog and then you, you know, punched a hole in the wall. Um, that had serious repercussions, right? So so, you know, when uh you know private bloggins doesn't come to work and uh it's because uh he's actually in cells and uh you know, he's in jail because he you know, he snapped, um, then it's like, Well geez, that didn't work, you know. So it took a little bit of that. Um suicides were huge, you know, I mean we all heard about, you know, military guys and, and suicide and that, that was a real deal. And I think that kind of woke up some, some of the people in the community and said, Hey, look, we can't keep going the way we're going because we can't, we can't say that we're doing something right when all of our troops keep killing themselves, you know? Mm. And, um, and so, um, how did I deal with it? Um, I ended up having to go to, to therapy. I, I used to be a really, really angry dude. And, uh, and so, um, one day I was sitting at the table and my girls are like three and and they're doing three-year-old things at the table. You know, they're, they're not really eating. They're playing with their food. They're doing whatever. Right. You know, right. And, and I snap, you know. And and my uh, my ex says to me, like, what are you doing? You know, like, they're three. You need to relax. And, uh, oh, that's a trigger, by the way. Don't, don't ever tell anybody who's fired up to relax. That's, that's right. a bad one. So I mean, true. You know, that's... Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, um, so yeah, I went and I seen, uh, I seen this dude and, uh, it was funny cause he was this old British guy and, uh, he's like, uh, all right, Brian, so, uh, what is it that makes you so angry? And I was like, stupid and fucking incompetent people. Like it, they drive me nuts. And he, he stops me and he goes, wait, well, Brian, you do realize you're working for the Royal fucking Navy and they're full of stupid <laughs> and incompetent people. And when an old guy swears at you, it really, like, snaps you. Eh? and you're, I was like, oh, all right, we're going to be all right, you and I. You know? And, and we just made that connection, right? And, and I think that's a big part of it is being able to, to have that connection and have the right guy. Because, you know, if you go through therapy with somebody and, and uh, you don't have that connection, then you're not going to open up. You're not going to talk to them. And so you're not going to get any far fo- forward, right? And, and that's the thing with, with doing the peer support thing. It was trying to get that connection right away as, as quick as you could we're all firefighters we're all dudes and so you know you can kind of okay do i like hockey do i like football um you know do i like certain music whatever you try to get that connection as quick as i could and then and then i could you know work on that with them and, and move forward right so that's what right. i did right
1: It's that's
0: you know what a yeah go ahead
4: yeah, yeah i was just gonna mention something that I think is an important point because I I hear this a lot uh, in the people I work with um, and it's, you know, even coming up here today and in some of what Richard said and and Brian was saying. um, I think there is a bit of a perception that um, you know, it's important not to bring things home and to dump them on our partner or, you know, whoever it is in our life, our parents or important people to us and I think that is true to some extent. Um, Nobody wants to sit there and listen to a rant for two hours where at the end of it, there's no resolution. Nothing's been worked through, right? That's that's that there's a difference between that. And I think it's important to to realize between that and trying to work through something important with people in your life that are important to you. I think if somebody is really important to you, you want to have conversations with them, but there's a difference between having a conversation and trying to work through something that's going on for you in an open way where you're discussing your feelings, you're listening to feedback, you're trying to find or discuss ways that you can kind of process that or handle that those feelings in a healthier way. I, I think that anybody, you know, if you're married, if you know, if you are dating somebody, whatever, if you're a partner and you care about that person, like you want to hear it. So I, I don't know like I agree that getting you know and in therapy it's the same thing. You know, in, in therapy if and I don't do counseling, I think that's important to, to note even though I have a PhD in counseling, which is a bit uh, a bit odd, I guess. But I don't do any therapy. I just do do assessment work. Um, But, uh, you know, in therapy, if if I was listening to a client and I've done a lot of therapy, um, having somebody come in and just rant at me for an hour and then and leave, that's not healthy. You know, like we think sometimes that's what therapy is. It's not, you know, clients that really work through things are they're open to listening to feedback. They want suggestions. They're working on things constantly. So I think if you could take that mindset home uh with you if you have a job where you're dealing with tough things you know if you're a first responder or in the military or work a job where you're dealing with crap from your boss like but it is about your perspective and what you're trying to accomplish when you have those discussions right and i think if your partner understands it you want to hear what they have to say you want to listen to them and to kind of get their take on how you're acting at home or what you're doing or ways that you can improve that. And then you're actually doing
1: it. Like everybody benefits from that. Right. So So what do you do when you don't know how to do it though? Yeah. What do do you do when you're okay. So like when you're like me and you're trying to be a good, you know, active listener, but like I'm a fixer. As a man, I'm a fixer. I'm just thinking, well, Just you gotta do this. You 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 fucking use the Robertson screw when you should've used the Phillips. It's electrical. Mm-hmm. You know, like what do you like? What do you do when you don't know how to fix it? Because like I want to <laughs> fix things, and I don't. I don't know how to fix feelings. I don't know how, mm-hmm. how to fix, you know, emotional wrecks. Sometimes it is. St- sit there and i'm like okay so we uh, i let you uh you know vent about this uh well oh what was that six hours ago what am i supposed to do
4: mm-hmm. like it... yeah well i think that um healthy conversations are are a two-way street um and every healthy conversation i mean they you know healthy conversations generally look similar in the sense that you know you're trying to work something through you're listening to feedback you're trying to you know, take that feedback and utilize it in in a positive way to make change. Right. But I think a good thing to do is to talk to your partner or who you're trying to discuss things with and ask them, like, what does what does a conversation that's healthy look like to you? Like, what do you need from me when we're having a conversation to feel like you're contributing, to to feel like what you're saying is important? Right. So is it asking more questions? Is it trying to, you know, you know, find out from you what you need from me. So I think you need to open that. Like before you have conversations, opening a dialogue up about what a conversation look like, looks like that's a healthy conversation is really important. Setting some parameters about that. You know, and like, again, in therapy, I have, you know, done
1: like You got two minutes, woman. Well, I mean, like, it, it, in <laughs> <No>. counseling, <laughs> I've done, you know, I've
4: done couples counseling, I've done family counseling, you know, sometimes it, when people are really unhealthy in the way they communicate, and it's literally two people just like ranting back and forth at each other, we'll have things like, you know, when you see this in movies, sometimes, you know, here, you got the talking stone, right? You got yeah, your two yeah. minutes, with the talking stone, right? You're not holding the talking stone, you you know, you keep quiet, you shut your mouth, you, you now I get the talking stone. Now I'm going to listen. Now I want you to, you know, acknowledge and like, you know, synthesize that and kind of give me some kind of a synopsis of what I said, so I could feel heard. You know, like literally setting some boundaries around conversations is important because that is something people struggle with a lot about what a healthy conversation. Like, just a, think about how many friends you have that you call friends, but literally don't ask you a single question about yourself, about like the real, what, the real what's going questions. on in your life. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, a lot. And guys are really, really bad at that. You know, listen to two guys, guys talking. It's literally two guys just guys interrupting talk. each other and talking about different things. And yeah. you know, so I—I I don't know. I think when that's okay, I guess that with guys. Of this yeah, yeah. I could. It, yeah. Yeah, pretty much the whole podcast for the last I feel the whole like I'm year. To bring the Talking Stone in here next time. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just got. I, I think that's, to that's just a good point. point. People want to hear. Like, if you care about somebody, you want to have a conversation. You don't want to just leave it all at work. But you also have to keep in mind that. You know that needs to be a healthy, useful conversation. Um, you know, for it to be beneficial and for people just to feel like they're
0: not getting ranted at, right? So, like, set some rules. That's yeah, the, rules, yeah. boundaries. Richard, what were you, what were you saying?
2: I think the one thing that I've definitely uh, used over the last little while is patience. Just have, just don't expect for you to solve the problem with one conversation. It could take two, three, four. It could take a week. As long as you're talking about it, that's that's the most important thing. Just be patient. They're, like for me and my wife, anytime one of us starts to maybe get a little frustrated or something with the other one, I just say, "Hey, time out. Let's go upstairs, watch TV. We can continue this tomorrow, unless you really want to continue it right now." But there's no point in us uh, getting mad or frustrated with each other or getting into an argument over something that's, you know what, we, like it's not life or death. Like like we'll, we'll get this figured out. Maybe it'll take another conversation. Maybe tomorrow morning we, you know, we get back into it. But I think you just got to remember, like you can't, you can't solve ninety-nine percent of your problems in five minutes. I mean, sometimes no, it takes right. weeks, months, years. Just be patient. It it makes a world of difference.
0: Right, and especially when you're close to somebody. If you, they're a close friend of yours, or your spouse, if you have the commitment, then the ongoing conversation that's not dragging on, but an ongoing, ongoing building conversation where it's like building stepping stones to better understanding versus always dragging through the same muck there's i'm not talking about the one that keeps dragging i'm talking about the one that builds those are the, i like oh, your point yeah, I know what you mean. yeah. yeah. if you yeah. keep on dragging if you keep on going through the muck and it keeps repeating the same massive argument yeah. i find that those um type of arguments are rooted not in the subject matter they're talking about but rooted in um the perceived feelings that the other person has in the relationship. So let me give an example. So maybe the guy feels not understood, not heard, not um, truly cared for in in the way they would say. And I I would bet you she feels the same way. She doesn't feel um, loved. She doesn't feel um, heard as well. She doesn't feel understood. And so when they're arguing, they trigger each other into those things. It's almost like a cyclical thing. And I found that it kind of – when you get couples that are in those mucks, um, the challenge is really does that individual know themselves well enough to have a good conversation? And if you're – like, that's a loaded question because sometimes people just continue the same arguments. Um, so I, I boiled down to the couple – like it's just really skinny. This is not professional in any ways. But if I was – when I'm dealing with some couples because I get – Couples calling me in crisis. That's what, I get that. Probably once every two months, I get couples calling me saying, help, you went through crap in your life. How do we navigate the crap that we're going through? Um, And so sometimes I do the hearing, listening, and sometimes I give, here's some next steps to consider. Um, And I kind of try to guide them towards the understanding part instead of hashing out the actual problem. Um, Depends on the problem. But sometimes it's just as simple as saying, guys, sometimes we just need to feel respected. We're not talking about do the dishes woman kind of stuff, but actually um, our our opinion matters and we want to be respected in terms of who we are. We don't want to be changed into a woman. We don't want to be changed into somebody else. We want to be respected for who we are. And the woman wants to be adored and loved and cared for that way. And when she doesn't feel adored and loved and cared for, she's disrespectful and when he's being disrespected he doesn't love and adore and it becomes like really bad and they both feel horrible and they argue about the stupidest things but they're really not arguing about the stupid thing they're really mad at each other you know and so
3: sorry yeah go ahead it's it's funny because you know you you mentioned respect you know and um i think one of the things guys want is to be appreciated you know um because for the longest time men we're the, the breadwinners, you know, he brought home the bacon and uh, in, in a lot of households that still happens. And um, and it's it's like, uh, um, you know, you you don't feel appreciated that you're out there working a, you know, a, a 18 hour day. Um, and you don't even get to see your kids and uh, because you're working your ass off and then you come home and, and it's like, well, you know, look at look at the Jones. They got a new vehicle. How come we don't have a new vehicle? Right. right? And, and you take that as a big gut punch. Right. Because you're like, well, I'm, I'm working my ass off here. Like, how come, you know, how come you don't see that? Right. And it's like, well, that's what you do. You know, that's just what you do. And it's like, no, I, I didn't choose to do this. Like, I'm doing this because I want my family to be healthy. I want my family to have a roof over their head. I want my family to, you know, go to good schools or whatever it is. Right. And that's been our role you know, for the longest time, that's what men do. They, they work their asses off and they die at 50 right. because they have a heart attack, you know? And it's like, well, wouldn't it be cool if, if maybe we just got appreciated? Cause I think there's a lot of guys out there. If they just got that ounce of appreciation, they'd be like, Hmm. Oh, okay. So they get it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about like uh make
0: me sandwich woman kind of respect. We're talking no. just genuinely, understanding that we're but we like
1: sandwiches (laughs) and especially when they use a little bit of the garlic butter and toast the bun and it's how they toast the bun did they toast it with love or was a fuck you in a toaster like what was it i still like a sandwich call me sexist and old-fashioned i like me a good sandwich
0: we all like sandwiches (laughs) yeah yeah scott scott why don't you go make one (laughs) <laughs> I can't make one you have not offered me
2: I do like the, the one, uh, the one oh, thing that eldon mentioned there.
1: Be some sort of mental health. Just her the yeah, uh-huh. you get that
0: honestly, what, were you saying, said, Richard? Richard, what were you saying, Richard? Richard, what were we
1: saying? That is a really, really great point because honestly, I, I I fight this struggle every day. This is this is what I live. I I live in an. Been beat down, shit down the throats of, you know, basically the entire, you know, country right now thinks that what I do for a living is not worth doing. And what I do for a living now is actually for people's jobs. What used to be for people that used to do the stuff that I do now. And now I do those for people's jobs. Mm-hmm. And I work an enormous amount of hours, and yes, I'm the breadwinner of the family. And it's not that you know that is it's not by choice. It's just what happened to to become. Because you know what, honestly, my wife is much smarter than me, much more talented than me. She could probably earn a ton more money than me. Eldon's like nodding. So, Sean, yeah, she, we're both. Like, you're we're, supposed yeah. to be my friend. Oh, I got
0: your back, buddy. I got your back. But you're anyway, you're brilliant. She's just smarter.
1: Anyway, she's just she's just all of those good things and and we do come home with a bit of that and and you know what honestly honestly i i i been hanging christmas lights since 7:30 this morning okay yeah 7:30 this morning woke up shit the bed actually it was the couch cuz me and monty were still you know working on things but that's your dog right yeah it's a dog yeah, it's, it's yeah. your dog. Yeah, it's dog so but anyway I got to get this done. I don't have a lot of time because I'm that guy that works the 16 to 20 hour days, right? And I, I struggle with that. It's like, oh, why can't we have this? Why can't we have this? And it's just like, well, we're kind of in a phase for the next five years of, you know, catch up and payback. Because the last six years have been absolute fucking hell on our family. And it's like, oh, but the oil patches started to pick up, oil's up, yeah, oil's up, what does that mean? That means nothing. In Canada, it means absolutely nothing. We're, anyway, that's a whole different subject, I'm not gonna get into that whole thing, but it doesn't mean shit. You're working tons of hours, you're, you're putting tons of time into your work, and you feel like you're not being respected. You feel like, you're, hey, I come home every single day, and my biggest trigger is dishes in a sink with an empty dishwasher. I don't oh. know about you guys, oh. but fuck my life. <laughs> if I come home and there's sink full of dishes in an empty dishwasher, somebody's going to get hurt real Here's bad. Here's the thing, Scott, that's so funny. Because I, it's just like, it's right fucking there. I mean, well, <laughs> if my dishwasher was downstairs, around the corner, in the cold room, I'd be like, hey, hey fuck, it's, it's a... It's a tub. It's a, it's a lot of work. No, no, no. It's, it's a foot and a half away from the fucking sink. Rinse, insert, that's it. Done. Okay,
0: I, I'm going to say something that, that's interesting that this, this part actual part subject of? came up with the guys about a month ago, the other guys I was talking with. And did this dishes.
1: Did, did he beat his wife?
0: No, no. This is another, it's another firefighter I was in this group that we were talking about, and he is like, he's a clean freak. And it's, it's great. And he talked about this dishes thing. And it was like half the guys were like, yeah, the dishes. And then somebody wise than the rest of us was like, guys, do you ever consider what her day was like? And you just take that breath and maybe she just needs to be loved a little bit. And maybe you, if you notice it, maybe you should do the dishes and give her that break even though you've worked your day off. And she doesn't understand your day. She never will understand your day. And maybe instead of getting mad, just serve her it's the weirdest thing it sounds really hokey but just that one little thing could change the perspective of of a lot of different things and you know what they came back two weeks later the guy's like i just did it i still got mad at first i did it but then she just totally respected me after that and it was like this really really weird switch where instead of a fight there was a deeper connection because of dishes of stupid dishes I'm the opposite. I'm I'm the guy that... What dishes? They don't exist. Stop
1: that deeper connection stuff. Just let it out. Let it go. (laughs) Get that stick. And you make sure that woman knows who's boss. You just worked a 16-hour day. Why are you putting the dishes in the dishwasher when it's a foot and a half away? I don't get this. I don't understand, Eldon. Call me old-fashioned. Maybe (laughs) I just want to beat someone.
0: You know what? She probably does know that it happens, but... Yeah, she's thinking about other things than you. And I'm not saying you should do it all the time.
1: You know what she's doing right now? She's caring for our children's wellness and making sure that they're intellectually involved in whatever they're doing. And the dishes can wait till my husband comes home from a 16-hour day. He'll fucking put that shit away. Okay? This is what I'm talking about. Why can't you do that while you're doing the flashcards of the kids? You can't. Oh. Oh, the next flashcard is spell they and then you wipe a dish and you put it in the cupboard well when i'll you mean, tell you why I mean, because you talk about so much about how they're the greatest multitaskers there nobody in the world you know is a multitasker i can check my email take a shit okay that is great multitasking and also i don't just check the email i also send and receive and i will i'll also edit a, an excel if i have to okay it takes a little bit of heart and it takes both hands but i can do this
0: yeah i think so Richard, <laughs> what were you saying?
2: Well, I just want to address the I just want to address the dishes issue first of all. Um, when it comes to the dishes, um, by the time you're done being mad and complaining about them, they would be done in the dishwasher, and you can just turn it on and move on with your day, which is basically what I would do. Um, but no, I want to address like earlier, Eldon, You were talking about perhaps you've got a relationship or two individuals that don't quite possibly know each other as well as they think they do. Um, and that's definitely, um, in my instance, is one of the issues. I mean, I've been with my wife now for 16 years. I might have that right or wrong, but it sounds about right. 16 years. Um, half of that time, half of that time I've been away from home.
1: Exactly. Even more of that time I've been I've been with her eight years and that's why she loves you still because it's, it's
2: Yeah. I've never had the opportunity at that home everyday job where, you know, we can get used to and familiar with each other and, you know, what makes each other rather tick and what drives each other one insane. And I know the day it comes when I get an opportunity to have a home everyday job, it's going to be a big adjustment because I'm going to go from, you know, right now I'm in camp. I can do whatever I want. There's no one that tells me I can't do something or whatever I do is not going to bother anyone, but Perhaps I'm used to doing those things, and the next thing you know, that's something that uh, bothers my wife and causes an issue, right? So that's definitely – and with people that are so busy, like I watched Scott, like you said, 16-hour day. I think that's like a minimum 16-hour day. Like, yeah. You know, you right. have households like that. Like, how often do you actually get to sit down and, like – have a decent conversation
1: when I'm pooping and checking my email, <laughs> and she's outside the door and telling me what's going on for tonight and what I need to know for tomorrow. That's what we do,
0: <laughs> so that's why we're having this conversation. Obviously, um, <laughs> we're here for you, Scott. <laughs> yeah, it was, that's a good point, though, Richard. It's like you know, the, the whole distance, the disconnection. That can happen in, in work or different, you know, guys that are not just in the oil fields, but guys that are on the road selling, um, you know, gone for weeks at a time. I, I, there's, a, there's a lot of that. Um, it's tough to connect. Uh, Sean, are you trying to say something? Oh, Sean's.
2: I think he's looking at something. Uh, no. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> sorry. I thought it was. Sorry about everybody. I'm- we were
1: like, we're like, we're wondering like if, like, if Richard's uh, TV in camp there, because Richard, you're in camp right now. Yeah. We are yeah. like. I wonder if he's got 1080p 120 Hz TV. No. I thought you were in your bathroom. And I was like he has a
4: television set in his bathroom. No, 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 he's got, like, that a towel. He's got the, the bathroom. towels underneath. The, the
2: bathroom, TV. bathroom is in behind that door right oh, there. Right. Oh, okay, okay. But you got the hand
1: towels outside the bathroom. Yep. Yep.
0: So Who this is our ADD that? moment. Who it's, does
1: that? I
0: think every guy would in some level would want a TV in their bathroom, but we all know that they'll never happen. It should never happen. Yeah.
1: It should be a dual fireplace in there. Tell and a smarten up.
2: Actually, okay, well, this is a, a Horizon camp, I think it is. But these are Whatever. the A-Wing and the B-Wing are the executive suites. That's what we get.
0: Ooh. There you go. There you go. Room. Very, very fancy. I, hey, I want to circle with
1: no posters. I'm telling your wife, <laughs> you're not even thinking about her.
0: Um, I'm going to circle back here, guys. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Circle so, way back. Way back, we're gonna go way back a little bit. Let's go back a little bit. We mentioned about patience and and dealing with like the problems and trying to like just how do we how do we move forward with um, the differences that not maybe with your wives, but maybe with just another guy, another guy that you want to talk to. Um, the 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 thing that I'm, I'm always curious about is what are the things that uh, we generally deal with from a day to day, like some of the struggles that we would have um, holding us back from actually. Reaching out because I think, you know, knowing ourselves is an important thing for us to be able to um, have people in our lives treating us well. If you don't, if if you train the people around you to treat you badly, it could be result because you don't really know yourself and you're accidentally telling people how to treat you badly.
1: No, that's 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 a hundred percent. Who you hang around with will be everything you are. I learned this a long time ago. Who you hang around with will determine everything you are. What you think about every day will determine what you will be. Okay? So just just know that. It really comes down to your thought and your choices. You choose to hang around people that are going to set you down. I have chose my life to try and hang around people that are better better than me in every way. And, and I have done a very good job of that in my life. I've done a very good job of that. I am literally the fucking tadpole in my friend pool. And I, and I do love that because there's only one way for a tadpole to go. And it's up. It's to grow. It's really. And if you are the big fish in your fucking pool, find a different pool, find a different ocean, be the tadpole, find somewhere to grow. You were going to find different mentors at different stages in your life. And I've, I've jumped pools, okay? I'm not to say that I wasn't ever a big fish. I used to be at a, at a different point in my life. But I needed to always make sure that I was a tadpole, okay? You need to f- be somewhere where people are listening to you, people are actually mentoring you, and you're going to learn something from them, Okay. <laughs> And and I think I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good start. You know what I mean? Right. Like okay.
0: That's, right. So we got let's 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 for a minute just take a moment and just think about we got a guy listening, maybe a girl listening to, to this podcast on the other end. They're like, girls, okay, this is great. Girls, I don't. I think there's a couple that listen to us. Girls, um, actually, no, we we're do.
1: Raising too many of them.
0: It's the way it is, lucky. Scott. Yeah, we yeah. won't talk about the kids. So we got we got people listening to us. Maybe they are not at a point where, maybe they don't even know if they're in a pond. Maybe they're not the big fish or the tadpole. That's true. Um, where would you go? Where do you? Where's your first step to try to you. understand yourself?
3: First. Thing, well, no, first
0: you, you can think about yourself, but if you're thinking negatively about yourself, or if you don't no. really even understand you're thinking negatively, or if you're in a hole or a dark hole of uh, maybe maybe your identity's been destroyed a some set. maybe you know the person you loved cheated on you or told you bad things or abused yeah, you mentally you know, or
1: socially I you yeah know you're and where'd I do he go Sean's probably gonna be the, the the best one to answer and Brian Brian you were gonna chime in chime yeah, in chime in, chime in
3: well it's funny just back to the tadpole comment uh I, I think it's it's really important to stay humble and um don't you know don't think that you're the the biggest fish in the pond like you said because um, there was a time, you know, where I, I was, uh, you know, the, the big fish and, um, you're right. It's, you learn a lot more when you're humble and, uh, you you can admit that you're wrong, um, and, and have empathy. Right. So, um, that's for me where, where my biggest growth happened is I used to be extremely judgmental. Like I, I could I could look at you and 30 seconds later I could figure out if I needed to be around you or if I hated you. That was just a, a great military trait. Um, not really. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, um, since trying to drop that and since being more humble and saying, yeah, look, I make mistakes, um, then, then I'm open to listening to when people say, hey, uh, you know, what you did there, that was a bit of a dick move. And I don't have to try to defend myself and be like, be like, no, it wasn't. You know, I'm never a dick. It's it, You can actually, you know, have empathy and, and go, oh, I didn't realize I was doing that. What's happening? You know, and have that conversation, right? Where if, if you are the dick, then you'll just shut it down and you're not going to actually talk about it. And, and this is the, you know, the whole point of, of what we're doing here is is actually trying to talk about, you know, to get this out, right? So right, right.
0: Yeah, exactly. So next steps, where do we go? Like how do you start – you can go to self-help, books, whatever. I, I'm mm-hmm. not a really big fan like, of just picking a self-help and going for it. But there's got to be like some concrete things that we can do to help um, have a better understanding of who we really are versus what uh, – either where we work or our relationship we're in or maybe – some sort of um, uh, lie that we tell ourselves that, that we are, are this because somebody else told us that in the past, where's the next step? What's the first step that we would go to?
1: Richard, you're the most well-read person here besides Sean and it's because he had to to get his PhD and all that fucking jazz. But honestly, what have you been reading? Cause like you are my go-to close confidant when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, Richard, what do you, yeah, Richard, what do you say? You?
2: Well, the first thing I did, I didn't read anything. I just basically took a seven-night night shift once I figured out that I definitely had some issues and needed to work on them. And as corny as it sounds, I just did an inventory of the things in my life that were causing me issues and, and bothering me. And I basically put them in two categories, is if, they were a, if it was a personal thing or an external thing, if it was an external thing, if there's an, the ability for me to eliminate it. Which unfortunately I ended two twenty-year friendships because of taking that inventory, but it's been one of the best things I've ever done, and that's so very hard to do, but it was necessary. And then the personal things—I mean, I just started. That's
1: pond. That's a pond.
2: I mean, the personal thing—I just started looking after myself better. I, you know, I lost eighty pounds. I started eating better. I started sleeping better. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Congratulations. You're now yes. no
1: longer known as the big smoke. You're now known as the Does medium smoke. to small smoke.
2: But a lot of those things, they were a lot of them were tough to do. Like ending 20 year friendships, were, that was super difficult. Um, but it was absolutely necessary because ultimately, if I'm not the best version of myself, I'm no good to myself and I'm no good to the people around me. Um, and then. I mean, yeah, I actually started reading a lot more, because, man, it's way better than wasting your time sitting down watching a hockey game. Connor McDavid doesn't give a shit if I'm watching the hockey game or not. Yes, he does. He could care less. paid by the minute you watch. But the better I make myself, the better my life's going to be, the better it is for me and my wife, for the people that I hang out with and my friends, so that's that's basically what I focused on, and I mean, I still have some personal things that I need to work on, this Is why I go, I see a psychologist as often as I can, and... Um, you know, and read books that help me. I mean, um, I've read both Jordan Peterson's book. I started on uh, the Parasitic Mind. It's a nice, fantastic, fantastic book. book. But I mean, for everyone, it's different, right? Like, there's no universal diet that works for everyone. And for everyone, it's different. But uh, we can definitely help each other out by getting that done.
0: Yeah, that that inventory is 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 uh. I found it was a key to where you're actually choosing to not lie to yourself you're actually choosing to go through what you need to go through and being realistic about the things in your life good and bad like it, and what I found was uh, when I started doing it oh, I it was a long time ago uh, I was really it was really quick for me to beat myself up oh this is wrong this is wrong that's wrong external internal and then uh, the person that I was working with, he just said, "What else is good? What, you got to write down everything. You got to write down what's really about your life. You can't just always look at the negative things, the things that you need to improve. Because there's nobody that's a hundred percent evil. Well, maybe there might be a few people in the world that are hundred percent evil. There are evil people, but generally, people that are listening to us, they're not evil. So there's just bad things and good things in everybody's life. So write those things down and ask ask yourself real questions, and then." what brian was talking about what, what sean was talking about too go to people that you trust and talk about it to deal with things that's i think that's a that's a big thing um books though i like it. let's maybe get into it a little bit some good books just for general reasons if you don't know i not saying you have to read these what are some other good books you guys have read
1: dr seuss everything he writes
3: he's not wrong he's not wrong
1: honestly if you want self-help if you want (laughs) enlightenment yes read dr seuss and everything he writes because dr seuss i hate to say this and i do admit it the man was a genius an absolute genius if you want to help yourself as a man as a 40 50 30 75 year old man read Dr. Seuss every day
0: minus the cancelled books I guess no. <laughs>
1: sure there's there's a you know you know there's an entire library of self-help books in my home I do I have them upstairs I've read them all they're great they're they're really good you know what the best ones are though dr. Seuss. Horton here's a who
3: Lorax.
0: Read Eggs and Hams. Talks about patience.
1: No, probably the very best one. Sean <laughs> and Monique actually gave to the. All the Diana, places we go. All the places yeah. we go. Yeah. And I That's read good. that book probably all once the places a month. We'll go. Yeah. Once a month to the girls. And if you read all the places we go, we can go um, once a month to yourself, it will change your life. How? And it will change your How? kid's life if you why? sit there. Why?
0: Yeah, wh- what, will, what will we learn what by reading that learn? book?
1: You will learn that life is not, maybe, for the timid. And you have to be courageous at everything you do. And you have to do things that make you feel uncomfortable. And you have to believe in yourself, even when no one does. And you have to play with yourself even when no one wants to play with you. That sounds really bad. <laughs> this is really all Dr. <laughs> this is, Wait, this really? is <laughs> a children's <laughs> book? Wait a second. <laughs> anyway.
2: The hang-ups and bang-ups can happen to you. Yeah, hang-ups and
1: bang-ups can happen to you. That's right. Right? And... At, oh, I was going to go into a whole thing after that, but please, yeah, I don't. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, you say you hear a line, and then you want to go into the whole verse of the whole story. But anyway, it's it's the must-read of the century. It really is, Dr. Seuss. If you want to be more creative, and and have you know more self-esteem, more blah blah blah, this and that, good feelies, read Dr. Seuss. Mm -hmm. Kids books. It's amazing. It's amazing what you read to your kids if you're actually paying attention. It's amazing stuff. Well, I think children's
4: books in general boil down like really complex topics and they try to make them, you know, really simplified and easy to digest. I mean, kids books in general often have a really good theme. So yeah, yeah, Dr. Seuss is good. Most the, kids' uh, books have good messages. Really Robert really Munch. Yeah, yeah, Munch. He's good. That's a great author. <laughs> honestly, we can talk about all these like, you know, with the L
1: Carnegie programs and this and that, but honestly if you want to get down to the brass tacks of the shit, this is where you need to be. Yeah. Robert I like um Munch
4: I think just like one last thing I would like to say is that I, I think
1: going, we still have a half bottle of bourbon. <laughs> I I think
4: that uh I think a lot of what we're talking about is sort of um, is values and um, and 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 that's something I think that a lot of people struggle with, you know, men definitely struggle with that. I think one thing that's happening a lot is that, you know, if you sat down and wrote down five things in your life that you valued the most and then thought about how much time in a day you actually get to dedicate to each of those things or how satisfied you feel in each of those areas, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are not really that high in any of those areas. Write that down.
1: That's a but it's true
4: I mean like if, you, if you're talking about things like working sixteen hour days, you know like if you wrote that's down on exaggeration.
1: a exaggeration richard doesn't work that hard but a lot of people
4: do right <laughs> so I, I think I think that I think that if we wrote down a list of things that we valued, I doubt many people would put on their working you know sixteen hours a day you know and we're we're doing that for a certain reason obviously to to provide and all the rest of it, but you know like if, Like respect is something people have brought up a lot and not feeling respected and you know like that's a big one and you know That's not always there like, you know spending time with your family seeing your friends um, Doing things for your own Doing things for your own mental health or your physical health like all those things I think a lot of people are not really doing enough of them and so we end up just doing one thing and There's very little balance and people talk about balance so much and how important it is for mental health but there's very little balance. People don't spend enough time on most things in their life that, are, that they say are important to them, but they really don't spend any time doing them. You know, people mm-hmm. will say, oh, like, I really think that, you know, spending time with my family is the most important thing. And then it's like, well, you see your kids like an hour at bedtime, maybe if you're lucky, right? So, and, that's a, and then we're constantly feeling unfulfilled. And so I think that that's something that is really impacting mental health in, in general. And I think the other thing I, I thought would be important to mention is just the idea of mental health, which is very hard to define. You hear it a lot, but like, how would you actually define what that even means?
2: There's so many layers,
4: right? There's, there's so a lot of layers, layers. in a pro. Like, really, mental health is about is a process, right? Yeah. About mm-hmm. trying to learn about yourself and trying to figure out what things you need to do to feel better.
1: How would you break down that process? Like, honestly, if you, like, I, I hate to put you on the spot, though, Sean. Like, honestly, how would you break down that process? Like, you know what? If you if you feel like there's You've hit a stop sign, okay, in your life. Okay, you you've hit a back road. Your your wife wants to leave you because of your attitude. Something traumatic like this, like okay, someone's put the brakes on you. You didn't put the br- put the brakes on yourself. You never see all the signs. You didn't recognize all the clues. You are fucked.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, what, what's a process that you can maybe? trail back like how do you spur yourself a little mm-hmm. bit more in your life
4: yeah well I, th- I think another important point that is has been brought up quite a bit is the idea of uh, you know empathy if you want to put it that way or but i don't mean empathy like feeling you know trying to like understand how some, someone else is feeling but really more perspective taking and we spend so much time focusing on ourselves and what we need and what's important to us, and all that kind of stuff, and that is very important. We need to think about that. But I feel like right now, and it's probably more important now than ever with COVID and all the crap that's going on with that, and people kind of creating lines in the sand. And that's happening in every avenue of life right now in politics and in you know, in, and in with everything is yeah. it and really families, trying to understand yeah. where other people are coming from and looking for the good in other people and trying to do things to better other people's lives, you know, and while also looking after ourselves, you know, so sometimes, you know, it's complicated. People's relationships are complicated and why things are not working out is complicated. It could mean it could be because you're, you know, you're working too much, but then that you feel trapped by that because you have to work because you need to provide, like there's these constant loops we get into, Mm -hmm. which are really difficult. But and sometimes that entails sitting down and having really, really difficult discussions and figuring out, like, what are the most important things in our life? And what do we need to do to make sure that that I'm fulfilling my most important areas and you're getting what you need to fulfill your most important areas? And whether that's, and it's hard right now. I I get that. Like whether it's leaving a job or whether it's downsizing or whether it's, you know, doing whatever you have to do, you're not going to be happy in your life if you focus too much on things that are not really that important to you, you know, on your list of values. Um, And so,
1: so like finding what's what's actually valuable.
4: Yeah, like, again, if you want to talk about good books, that's one, you know, one book I've always liked from, you know, most of the books I read now, I don't get to read as much for personal interests. I like Malcolm Gladwell and the, the kind of like, I like nonfiction, you know, all those kind of fun things. I love biographies. You know, if you want to learn about people and people's perspectives, I think reading about what other great people have done in their lives. So if you don't have great, you know, big fish in your pond, at least you could read about big fish, like, i think that's a great thing to do too because sometimes it's oh yeah you hear this crap from like these you know gurus all the time well you need to find a group of people like well how do you find that like there's not like the millionaires club you can go into and like hey guys like you want to hang out you know sometimes reading biographies on great people what they've done is really good but i've always liked man's search for meeting which is by a psychiatrist that was in a in a, a nazi concentration camp um mm-hmm. in the second world war um and his you know his search for finding meaning in that environment in his life and afterwards. I think that was a really good book because I think at the end of the day, when it comes to mental health, if we're not, if we don't have some kind of greater purpose or meaning, whether it's, whatever, you know, religious or spiritual or just like value-centered, uh, we're not going to be happy, right? We have to have something we're working towards. We have to have meaning. We have to have hope. And, you know, you can see when people's mental health really starts to go downhill, it's when they don't have that, right? They don't, they're not living for anything. They don't have any totally hope or big goals or meaning. So mm-hmm. those are the few kind of points I, I thought that i like to mention.
1: Man's search for meaning is a great, a great find. Absolutely. I'm going to look that up. I think it's by
4: Viktor Frankl. It's a short book. It's like 100 pages.
0: Oh, that's easy. Pages. I can get through that. It's a toilet course. read, man. You get can, you can drop your Excel spreadsheets in your toilet. You can actually read something. <laughs> yeah. So there you go, seven buddy. Seven months. I can get through that. You could got, I got you. I believe in you.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I'm a 20-word-per-minute 20, 20 kind of guy. So, like, we can get... Hey,
0: okay, good for you. <laughs> Man, I'm getting up there. Fuck
1: off.
0: No, guys. I, I think this has been really good. Um, I I, I don't know. This something that's on my mind is, you know, even if you're going through crap or you believe that you are crap, there are things about you that are unique and special. And... Um, it's worth diving in and figuring out what is the meaning of life. And it's worth knowing that your story, what you're going through, is important and is valuable in the scheme of things. It's, it's, it's weird. If you feel low, there is somebody that uh, you will connect with and that can work and walk with you. You'll find it. It's not always easy, though. I don't want to pretend it is, but it's worth it. It's worth, it's worth trying to move forward. It's worth um, it for yourself, and it's worth it for those around you. It's worth it for our society, honestly. Us guys, we need to step up, not in a bravado way. There's the, there's the word of the, of the evening. Yeah. But step it up in the real way and actually know who we are and, and care for those around us by caring for ourselves at the same time. That's, that's what I'm learning. I
3: think, I think Absolutely. a big part of that too, sorry, is, is that, uh, yeah. just talk to somebody. Okay. Don't, yeah. don't think that you need to hold it in forever. Uh, you need to walk that road by yourself that, uh, you're the only one that that's ever happened to, um, talk to somebody, right? Cause, uh, you're extremely important to somebody. Um, and, uh, if, you go down that horrible dark road um, you know that's that's just it's it's just a bad bad way to go so so talk to somebody reach out even if you got to use one of those those 1-800 phone numbers you know that we see all the time plastered in mental health week and stuff that just talk to somebody get it out um, because you'll realize that you're not alone you know you're not the only person that's dealing with debt. you're not the only person that's dealing with a breakup. you're not the only person that's dealing with a shitty job or or a dog that shits on your floor every night you know you're're you're, uh everybody's got one, right so so talk to somebody, get it out you're, it It feels way better than than keeping it bottled down like society sometimes tells us that that's the way we need to deal with our problems is just bottle it up. You know, and don't let that out and and be the tough guy, right? You don't need to be, you know, that's the biggest thing is, is I always tell my guys like no heroes here, right? Even when I'm out in the bush and I'm training people, I'm like, there's no heroes here. Meaning don't, don't try to be the hero. Don't try to be better than everybody else. Just be one of the dudes. Just hang out, right? Let it, let the world happen around you. Because if, if you're trying too hard, nine times out of 10, you'll probably end up, you know, falling. You know, not doing what you need to do. That's right. One of the other things I just want to go ahead and put out there is that one of the things that helped me a lot was was, uh, I was told there are things that you can change and there are things that you can't change. And the things that you can't change, stop wasting time and energy on those because you can't change them. So if your job sucks because you work for the Royal Navy, um, well, then that's just the way it is. You know and uh you can either not work there anymore or you can find happiness in that job somewhere somehow right but change the things you can change and the things you can't change you have to you have to let those go
0: what richard was saying as well with even with friends even with friends if you can't mm-hmm. change your friends sometimes you gotta let them go
2: well sure. and i always tell people too like one uh... One problem at a time, one day at a time, and the world is better off with you in it than with you out of it. So, well said, gentlemen. Sometimes that's
1: not true. Depending
2: (laughs) on the individual, let's
1: not forget the assholes. People that don't do dishes.
0: Dead dishes, guys. (laughs) Dead dishes, man, guys. That's a real issue. I didn't realize how.
2: I enjoy doing dishes. I enjoy vacuuming. I enjoy cleaning. I was a janitor for seven years, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll, get, we'll get you a dishwasher for uh, Christmas, there, Scotty.
2: I do. Too. I do too. I vacuum clean. Honestly, before the podcast, I was like, oh, I'm gonna
0: have a guest in my home. Right. I
3: clean right. the bathroom.
0: It's well, Sean, like you're privileged. Make sure you use that bathroom well, for Scott's I just, sake. Yeah,
1: now it doesn't have
4: the blue foamy stuff I'm like a camel I could go three days without
0: having to anything, so I don't understand good. that I don't understand you people you people are sick you gotta pee guys it's been great thank you very much for joining us um, it's been a, um, a good for us to talk about this and it was good for me to listen to what you guys all had to say I really appreciate it um, we'll do this again maybe next year or we'll meet with you guys again big smoke Richard Thanks for joining us. Brian, uh, check him out at uh, 3 Ravens Bushcrafting and Sean, you're busy. Do you want us to give you a shout out? Doctor Sean,
4: <laughs> I'm 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 doing good, thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, can, can
0: Can we book you next year kind of thing? If nah, you guys. Uh,
4: if you can get your viewership up to 10,000, I'll yeah. waive my speaking fee. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> There's a speaking fee. <laughs> yeah they're speaking oh sorry guys We're um, all tapped out Sean took it all it's <laughs> 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 okay Brian you know
0: big smoke we know we love you. Yeah, but, uh, yeah <laughs> next time right so, uh, I had to See? pay
4: the man to, uh, to give us some shit you know he's paying saying? me in tchotchkes or <laughs> <laughs> <You know, laughs> Cheetos oh man that's
0: top notch man you got <laughs> privilege there <laughs> Yeah, worth, that's about $400. You should charge him $400 an hour. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, thanks, guys, again for joining us, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Talk to you guys later. Thanks for joining the conversation today. We thought it was important to have this conversation with the guys that we did, and maybe this is a conversation that you needed to hear. Maybe there was something in this conversation that kind of got you thinking about something that you don't know where to go next. Well, maybe you don't have people in your corner that can help you take the next step to figure things out. Maybe we do. Not that we are experts, but we might know somebody that can help you. Feel free to reach out to us because we've got your back. Contact us through our website at Two Dads Against the World. Go to the contact page, drop us an email, and we'll do our best to connect you with somebody in your area that can walk you through some of the questions you've got. Again, Two Dads Against the World, join us on the contact page, drop us a message, and we'll do what we can. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.